Welcome to As You Were, a podcast about Alkaline Trio, where every week we talk about one Alkaline Trio song. And this week, and this week, it's Twux and Twain's. I stole your bit. Thank you. I stole your bit. I'm very glad that's out there. Yeah. Uh, I have a friend who is very into trains. And yeah. for one of his birthdays, me and... Is his a, name Timothy Lovejoy? No. Me and another buddy got him a Thomas the Tank Engine cake that said Twain Love and Cat Dad. Aww. Uh, pretty appropriate. That's so cute, David Anthony. Is your name? Correct. And my name is Tim Crisp. And my goodness, we are back for another edition of As You Were, a podcast about Alkaline Trio. It's like we never stopped. It's like we never stopped, but we did stop so that I could make some more coffee and crack my neck and hopefully not get a migraine. Oh, boy. But, man, we got a song to talk about this week. We do, in fact, have a song. And a song that you and I both kind of licking our chops over. Mm -hmm, mm Mm-hmm. Patreon poll. Tell me about those, Timothy. Oh, Patreon polls? Well, let me tell you. Now, I know people are talking a lot these days about the polls, and you know me, politics, rather not, but hey, we don't need to weigh in on those things right now. The Patreon polls are a lot more fun than those lousy Democrats and the... the those knuckleheads in Congress. Oh, the other ones. Oh, the, these these big wigs, these suits. I hate suits. Unless Dan Andriano's wearing it for the entire set. I know. But as I was saying on As You Were, a podcast about Alkaline Trio, the polls is uh we we afford some select few the opportunity to vote on what song we are going to talk about next on this podcast Mm -hmm. so the thing is if you go on over to patreon.com slash as you were got it right this time and sign up for a monthly pledge, you get to participate in these polls, and sometimes we'll throw up, you know, an EP and say, hey, which of these four mm-hmm. songs should we talk about? Sometimes we randomize it, and then sometimes I say, hey, first four comments going up in a poll, and that's what happened this time. We had a real hot poll for this one. Yeah, there were some good contenders in there. And good, sure, great, only one, the winner trucks and trains and here we are getting to talk about a song that i have so many opinions on more than most of their songs honestly to get into a little bit of meta context here david and i we said let's start a podcast about alkaline trio the cool thing about doing this podcast about alkaline trio is that we have alkaline trio songs that we love yes we have alkaline trio songs that either David doesn't love, and Tim hasn't heard. Yes. But there aren't too many outliers Yeah, from those two sides of things. Because this is a band that is pretty straightforward. Yeah. They're not doing a lot of different chance-taking. Sure, sure. And we do have a few songs in the canon that are just kind of outliers songs where they maybe don't do 
anything like this ever again. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, <clears throat> to get into it, really with this one, it's just one of those songs where it's like, I don't know how I place it, right? Yeah. Because there are some of those that just feel very singular. And sometimes those end up being my favorites. Like I would argue 97 is a very singular song. Mm-hmm. But it's it's a classic and people love it. Trucks and Trains is a very singular song where it's like, I don't know what the prevailing theory or opinion of this song is. Yeah. It, well, let's just, let's just open it up. Mm -hmm. I guess we both kind of have similar paths with it, too. Mm -hmm. I liked this song a lot when I first heard it. Okay. And I'd say over time really softened on it mm-hmm. and now i'm sitting and i'm listening to it and i'm like i don't like that but i want to piece together why not just because i'm getting ready to talk to you about it but just because everything within it feels like a choice and that's yeah, kind of yeah, where yeah. i'm at with it now but you didn't like it as much when you no, first heard it. when i first heard it wasn't that i hated it um, but Infirmary was one of those records where, like, it's a very time and place thing to me. And I remember getting it the day it came out and listening to it a lot and all those things. And I think the hits on it are so kind of ubiquitous at this point where it's like Private Eye and, uh, you know, Armageddon. And, like, even songs I like on it, I just feel like I've kind of had really pushed into my head to a degree where I never need to hear them again. But then there's a song like Trucks and Trains where over time i've really grown to like it a lot more um there are issues with it but there's a lot of as you said there's choices being made there's commitment to those choices and i think more than any other song from this record because this is the only record that uh, mike flumley played on uh i think this really shows him as a drummer and him as a musician more than anything else on this record you pointed that out to me during pre-pro and it was funny because this was a song that I couldn't say that I'd ever listened to the drums on it. Mm-hmm. And it's it's interesting when we talk about Mike because not only is he only present on one LP as opposed to, you know, we have so many s- songs to look at with choices that yeah. Derek or Glenn make, but... This one, it's not only not only are there only twelve songs, but he's well, there's a couple more. But I, I knew you were gonna chime in with that because I knew it as I said it. But he is the least flashy of yeah. the drummers. He had he's so indistinct in comparison to those two, which yeah. isn't to say that he's not good. A lot but, of goodness, but I mean, I think like he's such an. The, because of the way he plays on this and the confidence in it, it feels so much like a Smoking Pope song to me in a way. Like if you remove the guitar part, really. Um, because with the Smoking Popes, like he's a very creative drummer. But he's unlike Glenn or Derek, who are a lot of quick fills, who play really fast, who have a looser sensibility in that regard. Uh, I've always felt like Mike is is a little more structured. He really works well in mid-tempo spaces, and I think he really does well when he's kind of got room to just, like, throw in weird little cymbal hits that maybe no one else would and just, like, 
do more of like the kind instead of doing the very quick drum rolls of Glenn or Derek, he does that like do to da do to da. And I think he does a lot of that in this. And I think when I hear that, I'm like, oh, like when they're kind of all locked in and he's kind of like not playing with that bass line in the verses in the way I think people would expect, it really shows his just kind of eye for things or ear for things. He's so locked into a groove throughout this song. And it's really interesting to look at that when you think about, okay, you have Matt playing a very off kilter mm-hmm. riff at the beginning. I always have my phone on vibrate. Um, and then you have Dan also in such a like groovy yeah, little like kind of arrhythmic <laughs> uh, uh, bass line that's happening. And Mike is just in the middle. Yeah. In this groove, and he's not trying to—he's not trying to make it like darker so that he can align with Matt. He's not trying to follow along with Dan. He's just holding it down in the middle. Yeah, and I think it's because they're carrying so much weight that they kind of just need someone who's a rock, you know. And I think in this case, unlike Dwayne the Rock Johnson, rock from pole. Um. Anyway, like. I think he's just, they need someone who is like really just together and together and like understands like Matt's doing this kind of weird lead. Dan's doing this really kind of big chunky like bass riff. And that's going to kind of be the foundation of it along with Matt's vocals. Like I don't need to go crazy here. And I think it's what makes this song very effective is that the verses very just kind of open a lot of space letting Matt do the thing. And then in the choruses, I really just like how straightforward some of it is. There are little little flourishes here and there, but he's just hammering on that fucking crash symbol and just letting it be big. Here's the moment where we're opening it up. Let's fucking open it up. It, it's not something that's labored over. It's just a very like first thought, best cut thought kind of thing with little just like odd choices made that I really, really like. And I think really gives the song its character and this song's got a lot of character and i think that it's interesting when we've now pieced out all three of the trio Mm -hmm. and looking at this song as being so singular and so not like anything else before it Mm -hmm. there's no reference point yeah so you have three players who are doing something that seems to be reactive to one another. Dan seems to be playing off of Matt and you have Mike in the center there, but they're both so far apart. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the idea that this is really a construction and it's not my friend Peter part five. Yeah. So it's interesting to, listen to it and to consider the fact that a lot more choice goes into this song and looking then at those choices and seeing how well it works, how the finished product comes out. Totally. And I mean, I think it's one of those things where with a lot of their songs, you can kind of see where like, Oh, I can see where this starts. This one I've never been able to get that vision with like that, that lead riff that Matt's playing in those verses and kind of anchors a lot of the 
the tonal shifts between verse and chorus and bridge and such like that doesn't feel like it was naturally written that way you know like and i can't imagine playing that and then everyone just being like oh yeah i'm just gonna do this and you know i feel like not it's not matt had chords and then said okay let me figure out what the riff is gonna be yeah it's just the riff yeah and it makes me wonder how this one came together because it's not so clearly defined you know was it them just kind of jamming and how they figured out because there there's so much space that's just left for him to sing in the verses and his vocal performance i've always really liked on this song i feel like he's he's really kind of going for something with it and i think pulling it off it is it's really infirmary i think is the record where you know obviously there's stuff on the preceding material that's like or the previous material that's just like very dark and he's kind of getting there. But this one is a little more sinister. There's a little more just kind of like a vibe to it than I think you see in some stuff. And I think it really sets up what's going to happen on the next couple LPs. Yeah, it certainly does. And I think this is a reference point to good morning is spot on. I think that personally the second half of, infirmary lags so much to me Mm -hmm. that trucks and trains really picks up and i i feel like most of the songs preceding it are just kind of whatever to me so the fact that there's something that's so glaringly different in there i've i really lock into and i think it you know segues really nicely into crawl Yeah, yeah yeah but I'm not so keen on a lot of Matt's vocals in here because I don't think he hits them. I think that the verse is really, really solid. And I also think it's just, it's got such a good vibe and his low down vocals on it paired with like the, one of the best bass tones that Dan has ever done. It's, moving a little bit away from that chunkiness but it's still obviously very tone heavy but oh it's just so nice it's just it's a little bit cleaner and i like that i like Mm -hmm. that a lot yeah um but as far as the chorus goes it's a little busy for matt vocally he's i to me he's always having a hard time keeping up with it the loud to quiet dynamic Mm -hmm. is pretty solid but the vocals are and this isn't matt's fault but they're low in the mix too the guitars are so high up in comparison and i feel like it should be the opposite i feel like the idea is that matt is commanding this chorus so hard because he's obviously going for it yelling he should be louder and he should also be ahead of things and to me he's trying to fit so many syllables in here that he's just lagging a little bit i can see that i think I definitely agree. Like, I think the verses and the bridge are where he's at his strongest here. There's high points in the chorus, kind of the punchiness when he kind of starts a statement that I kind of like. It does get a little lost in there. I personally like how much he's trying to accomplish with it, how much he's trying to get in there, because I think one of the things that over the years I've grown to dislike a little bit with Skiba's vocal melodies is how boilerplate they feel, where it's like, Ba, 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 ba. like okay we get it you just hold out the note at the starter end and that's it and i like him trying to kind of put more emphasis on what's happening in between the start and end of a statement 
but it is it is kind of messy and i think i'm over the years grew to appreciate the messiness of it i think if you were to clean up the first half of the chorus but then allow what they say the grass on the other side's true yeah i really i've always liked that i like that a lot too the first half hold back a little bit like you know if you want to if you really want to emphasize the the rhythm of all of that then wait all the way to the end don't do it on both bars of the chorus that makes sense yeah um why is he singing about colors wish i knew that answer um i have always felt like these are some of the strangest lyrics he wrote not in like a way where it's like I don't hate them in the way of like late era, just like I'm saying cliches, but I don't love them in the way I love like uh, crack my head open on your kitchen floor. Like, right. I feel like when I was younger and starting to get more cynical, I was like, it's stupid that he's doing the colors and Mm -hmm. that's lame. Now I'm like, it's stupid that he's doing the colors, but why? I don't understand. Is it? This is obviously his punniest record. Yeah. Is it just the idea that we're going to keep returning to different colors and different variations? I don't know. I mean, I think one of the stumbling blocks for me with this record in the more modern, in my modern viewpoint of it is like, there's just a lot of lyrical stuff where I'm like, he's just trying really fucking hard. Mr. Chainsaw being a prime example of just like, wow, you're just uh, really throwing everything in here you can, even if it doesn't have a tether to maybe what we're talking about. Um, And this is another one where I'm like, I was thinking about how it's like, I imagine this is a very difficult song to play because there's no way he remembers the lyrics to this. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. There's just so much going on. Like, he's not repeating stuff. There's, like, subtle changes where he's like, the blue and then it becomes something that like there's just a lot he has to juggle here but it's it doesn't feel like there's an emotional weight behind the lyrics but there is behind the performance to me and that's troublesome Mm -hmm. and the fact that the verses seem to set up so much and the idea that you open a song with these days go by like trucks and trains. Some hit so hard, like yo. Yeah, I feel that. Interesting. Completely pulls it away by just deciding that oh, we're gonna talk about green and brown now. Yeah, it's just like great idea. It makes sense on the second half. Sure. Talking about the grass. Yeah, and like that reference I, to the grass is greener. And I like that, but it's just because like that's hinting on something he does kind of well. Or in the early going of the band's career, like picking a trope and kind of like pulling it apart a little bit or adding something to it. Blake Schwarzenbach thing you can do. Exactly. Um, But where it's like, always thought about black, we're considering brown. It's like, are you talking about pants? Are we like decorating your kitchen? What do you want, man? Yeah. I, it's, it's so strange to me. It feels like he just had placeholder lyrics and never changed them. I've always felt like, the line where it goes hell knows is just like a commentary on the lyrics itself where it's like <laughs> what's this about mm. i mean this is a a lot of these songs are about writing a record 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's just, yeah, I, I don't know. Feel the Ocean Blue mm-hmm. is good. I love the bridge to this song. Yeah. And yeah. the Deep Blue Sea and all of that. That's great. You don't need the other colors to establish it. No one's crying, Fell, you haven't spoken about colors yet. Yeah. <laughs> Sir, <laughs> yellow, talk about it. But I really, really love the idea that you just take the intro riff and you don't resolve it. You just keep repeating the first half of it over and over again and then dropping out into this synthetic. Yeah. Feel. Oh, it's so good. And his vocals are Fan fucking tastic. And I've always liked kind of coming out of the bridge that like little chaotic moment that leads back into the last chorus, which is like kind of a pick slide, but not really. There's just a lot of like building momentum and kind of ascending sounds with it, which is nice. In the second verse, too, with the plummet down and flight. It's fantastic. The thing that bugs me when I'm listening to it now is that you have this chaos that leads into the last chorus. And you just go back down to the same mix of yes, the yes. guitars. And that's why I like listening to this song and considering how it would come off two years later if they're recording it with Jerry Finn. Sure. I think I think the thing, because you brought that up in pre-pro, and I was kind of like, that's interesting because like I I've always felt like this is a direct like setup to Continental and or a song like continental where being able to pull something like that off and like i think if this was in the same session this would just be the weakest version of that whereas on infirmary and a couple years prior it feels like an embryonic kind of it kind of nudges the hand like i don't know if we get continental without this being there already right you know like i think maybe there's a better version of it exists that if we sat, sat on it but I think it needed to be there when it was there. And know? I can I can definitely go with that, too, because I don't think that this would stand out very well on yeah. Good Morning. It could stand out as a B-side. Sure, yeah. Um, but it's here, and it's here in its documentation. Um, I, I go back, I guess, to, sorry, Can't Hardly Wait. They did it during the Tim sessions and it's great. Mm-hmm. And then but they made they it into a movie. They, they waited. They did it. Please meet me. And it's such a different song. Um, you know, I don't think that it would make such a great leap if they waited two years on it. It would sound pretty much like this. Yeah. Just with a better mix, maybe more noise, bigger guitars. That's how I would like to be be able to sure. hear it but i can definitely I appreciate it for where it is right here yeah i i just feel like with with jerry finn in the good morning era them kind of trying to capitalize on some momentum too in terms of like you know stuff's blowing up they're getting nice looks like i feel like the weirdness of the song would be taken out i feel like there's not a version where it exists where there's more noise i think there's a version where we have piano <laughs> you know, like I think we're getting, I think we're getting a more glossy version than a more like weird off kilter version, which is I think what this song's strengths are is that it's so just kind of odd, and I think it maybe needs to be a little more so to nail it. Yeah, because it's trying to be a little more direct than it should be. But 
it's the idea that it's reaching. It's the idea that yes. it's trying. We don't see it very often with this band. We either see, well, all they had to do was just not fuck it up. Yes. And then the, they're not even trying. God yes. damn it. Yes. I hate Adam Sandler. Um, but having it here and having it, it, it's, it's nice. It's a nice little document. And I feel like it's something that I've been kind of figuring out how I feel about it for most of my life. Yeah. And it's like you said up the top, it's just like, it's rare that we have songs like this where I kind of come in and I'm like, I have a lot to say about it. And I think given it's just, it's so, you know, situational to describe how I feel. And it feels weird to like rate it and lock it in because I feel like they're my, my relationship to it has changed so much and there's things I love and there's things that I think are maybe weaker, but I, I forgive because of the strength of the other parts, you know? And it's, it's, uh, it's interesting because there are times where I can't do that or something. So it has a part I like, but there's so much other around it that I can't forgive. Right. It's, that, a, this is, it's messing with my rating system here yeah. too, where it's like, okay, well, Here's where it doesn't work for me, but also they're trying and not in a A for effort sort of way, but when they're trying and they might not be reaching it, in my opinion, I'm giving something of myself into the song and I'm participating with it in a way that's not just, oh, fuck, this sucks. Yep. Or, oh, God, here, I got goosebumps again. No, totally, totally. I know exactly what you mean. And it's it's why I, when I saw what was nominated by people on Patreon and what was they were going to be voting on, I was kind of like, oh, like, this is maybe not the first one I would have picked to talk about. But when it was selected, I was like, oh, like, I actually feel maybe I have more to say about it than any of the other ones. Yeah. You know? Totally. Um, well, with that, what do you rate it? I give it three and a half paint swatches out of five. I give it four. Yeah. I think it's it's definitely it's graded on a curve. It's but I think the better the better uh the better metaphor is it's an essay that someone handed in that it's it doesn't have the tools to express what it wants to, mm-hmm. but the fact that it's trying and maybe, you know, punching up, I appreciate that. I'd agree. I, I need to reserve my really high ranking for a really weird song until we get there because there's a song in there, uh, another song I would describe as an outlier that I love more than maybe some classic material. And I want to get controversial there. So I'm being, I'm hedging my bets a little bit. But, you know, there's something mauve that's screening taupe. Well, you just, every time you come over here, David, I get red in the cheeks because I just love hanging out with you and having such a great excuse to do it. I mean, I'm just uh, feeling really peachy about the whole thing. Yeah, I think that you're you're a Georgia peach, and this is a podcast about Alkaline Trio, and we hope very, very much that you're enjoying it and that you're telling your friends about it and that you have decided, you know, every time they tell me to do this, I think I should do that. And then you do do that, 
And what's that? Let's rate it and write a review about it. That mm-hmm. helps us. It that does. helps us a lot. People see it. They find out about it because their freaking friends aren't telling them about it. If you just listen to the first part, then we wouldn't be having this conversation. But we have another poll coming up soon over at Patreon, patreon.com slash as you were. I'm trying to get rid of these mugs. You sign up at the $10 a month tier. You're getting your mug quicker than originally was planned. I got to get them out. I got to get them out. He's got to do it. I hope that our well-established fam isn't sitting there thinking, I waited so long for that mug. They surely are. What gifts? Well, we can discuss that in private, or we could just discuss it on our community forum over on Patreon, Mm -hmm. which is one of the many benefits of signing up over at patreon.com, as you were. And goddamn it. I'll see you next week. And I'll see you next week. Thanks, folks. Magenta. Purple.